Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and effort, perhaps, energy, at least a listening ear. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for that. Hopefully y'all get a little bit out of it. Hopefully our country does as well. I will try and use your time wisely. Not a lot on the homestead. We are getting into winter now. Which I kind of like winter. Not a big fan of being cold. But I like the colder temperatures. I especially like to sit inside by fire when it's cold and nasty outside. At any rate. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast. The people that listen to it. Share it. Be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them, protect them from evil of any kind. Surround us with your angels, Father. Forgive us our sins. The ones we admit and the ones we try and hide. Forgive us for turning away when we see evil or when someone needs a hand. Forgive us for not doing a better job caring for the least of these. For not being better stewards with the resources that you've given us. And for not being bolder in our faith. And then turning back to you and helping our country turn back to you. And God, my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. A little bit of housekeeping from a few podcasts ago. We were talking about higher education, Harvard, MIT, and some others uh, in regard to their pro-Jewish genocidal stance. And it was a note I've read before, but I just stumbled across it reading about Harvard. This is out of the America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. Uh, Great resource, along with Founder's Bible, Patriot's Bible. I try and push them pretty frequently throughout the year. We haven't talked about them a lot the last couple months because we kind of shift gears for November, December. But if you don't have a copy, I, I highly recommend a hard copy of each book. 106 of the first 108 schools in America were founded on the Christian faith. That was it. That was the housekeeping. It's just, when people start to tell you that our country wasn't founded on the principles of Christ, that our education wasn't intended to be Christian, 
just know, even if you are not a type A personality uh, and don't want to rebut them in that moment, which I'm not, folks, uh, this podcast is a great platform for somebody like me because a lot of times my brain just doesn't work quick enough in the moment. And that's just the way I'm built. But here I can kind of piece together the evidence, right? So just file this away and and know little things like this, little facts. The fact that over 99% of our original schools were Christian. Denominations were different, right? Which is the whole purpose of the First Amendment, again, is to keep the different Christian denominations from fighting, not to pretend that all religions were equal to pretend that all the false religions were equal with Christianity. But 104 of the 106. Pretty impressive. Read a couple quotes today. Go through a little bit. Uh, The first thing we're going to do, actually, is read a little bit of Jeremiah. And I'm always real nervous about reading Bible verses and then telling you what they mean. Mostly because the Bible's pretty clear about the fact that those who are teachers are going to be judged by a higher standard, and I've already got enough problems meeting the normal standard. So I definitely am not trying to raise the bar, so to speak, on how harshly I'm going to be judged. So I'm just going to read these. The only caveat I would give you is just to think about the current state of affairs today. Uh, The first one is Jeremiah chapter 8, and it's verses 8 through 12. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men are put to shame. They are dismayed and caught. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. And what kind of wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives to others, their fields to new owners. Because from the least even to the greatest, everyone is greedy for gain. From the prophet Even to the priest, everyone practices deceit. They heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace. But there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they had done? They certainly were not ashamed. And they did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time of their punishment, they shall be brought down, says the Lord. And the second one is Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. They bend their tongue like their bow. Lies and not truth prevail in the land. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, declares the Lord. 
let everyone be on guard against his neighbor. And do not trust any brother, because every brother deals craftily, and every neighbor goes about as a slanderer. Everyone deceives his neighbor and does not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves committing iniquity. Your dwelling is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, declares the Lord. I'm going to read actually just a little bit more. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9. Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceit. With his mouth one speaks peace to his neighbor, but inwardly he sets an ambush for him. Shall I not punish them for these things, declares the Lord? On a nation such as this shall I not avenge myself? Just a little bit of uh, light reading there that I stumbled across recently. So, y'all can make of it what you will and leave me any comments or tell me when you see me online or in person, either one. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson was our third president. Jefferson also penned the majority of the Declaration of Independence. Jefferson was absent, however, during the Constitutional Convention. Very important little side note. This is a quote of his. He who permits himself to tell a lie once finds it much easier to do a second and a third time, till at length it becomes habitual. He tells lies without attending to it, and truths without the world's believing him. This falsehood of the tongue leads to that of the heart, and in time depraves all its good dispositions. You know, once we buy into a lie, it's easier to buy into another one. And I'll give you an example. It's an example that is wreaking havoc with our country today. And you can say this is armchair quarterbacking, and maybe it is. I've talked to my father, among others, a number of, time, a number of times about this. Uh, but it certainly is blatant and seems very logical today. So you can make the argument whether it was 50 years ago or 60 years ago or maybe even 70, somewhere in there, we started to pretend as a nation that men and women were the same. Feminism really took hold. We went to, uh, started to shift toward a two-income household, going along the lines of pretending that men and women were the same. Not equal, folks. That's a whole different ballgame, but the same. We had the same jobs, the same responsibilities. Uh, we were basically just, uh, you know, kind of unisex, just just interchangeable. 
didn't matter whether it was in the home or in the professional setting or the military has been a great example of that disaster. But we could just kind of switch men and women out interchangeably and it didn't matter. Right? And so what did that lead to? Well, you go forward a decade or two, depending on where you want to start. And now all of a sudden we say, well, since men and women are the same, why can't a man have sex with a man? Why can't a woman have sex with a woman? I mean, if they're the same, if they're interchangeable, then it doesn't really matter. And so we decided it was no longer a mental illness to have a man wanting to do things to another man that he's only supposed to do to a woman and vice versa. Right? And so, and, and all the while throughout these decades, that idea of men and women being the same, that lie, that first lie led to another lie and another lie. And it just dug deeper and deeper into our society. Well, I mean, if men and women are the same, then you can have female pastors in church. That's no big deal. If men and women are the same, then you can have women in the military and co-ed units. That's no big deal. If men and women are the same, then you can have men and women together in a professional setting, and it's no big deal. In high, intense situations, like your first responders, it's no big deal. The police, firefighters, EMS, no big deal. Men and women are the same. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, 180 90 pound man coming to get you out of a fire or 130 pound woman it's fine and so all this while right this lie is digging a little deeper a little deeper it makes it easier to accept the next one so you fast forward geez almost 40 years 50 years and and then what do we do well we say well now we know men and women are the same we bought that lie and now we know that men can sleep with men and women can sleep with women. We bought that lie. And so the next lie is that men can actually be women and women can actually be men. And that's happened just within the last 10 years, right? And so now we buy that lie. And it's really interesting. I want to read one more quote, so I'll kind of leave you with this. The, the irony, the hypocrisy here is that the feminist movement that started all this claiming to really care about women and we want to promote women in all these manly fields and the military and sports and we want to really help women be like men. And now a lot of these women that really bought into it and some of the men are looking up going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got field hockey players that are really men swinging and knocking the teeth out of women because obviously they're not. You've got UFC fighters that are men pretending to be women, just almost killing women. The All the swimming, the championships, everything, you just go down that whole path. It's just kind of ironic that we've come full circle. We want to pretend that we're the same and we're not, and now we're actually literally pretending we're the same. So it gets kind of dicey, folks, but it's it seems like we ended up exactly where we should have ended up or, or where it's logical that we would have ended up.
And I'll tell you a little caveat real quick, and then we'll go on to the other quote because it's a good one. I saw a video online recently of this woman, a young lady, really pretty lady. And she was just almost in tears. And she was bemoaning the fact that she had thought that men wanted this really strong, physically strong woman. She had all these tattoos and nose rings and things. And she had worked really hard. You could tell she was in good shape to turn herself into kind of a, sorry, forgive me, just a really awesome athlete, you know, kind of a stud. And she was sitting here crying going, I just realized that men don't want this. They don't want this big, buff, tough, in the sense, they don't, they won't, basically she said, you know, I just realized that men don't want another man to marry. And it's why nobody wants me, is because I've done all this work to turn myself into this phenomenal physical specimen. But that's not what men are looking for. And I think that's dawning on a lot of women today. Men don't want to marry another man. They, they want to marry a woman. That's the point. This last quote is from uh, Nathaniel Freeman. He was a physician and a judge and charged a Massachusetts grand jury or grand juries in general. We've read this before. It's a great quote. Ours is a government of laws and not of men originating in the voluntary compact of a people who in that very instrument profess the Christian religion. It may be considered not as republican like Rome was, a pagan, but a Christian republic. This religion being founded not in fable as that was, but in divine revelation embraces the Bible as the word, will, and law of the universal sovereign. Our obligations to and expectations from whom, as well as his perfections and attributes, we can know but little of without. The laws of that system, therefore, must be respected as of the high authority in all courts, and it cannot be thought improper for the officers of such government to acknowledge their obligation to be governed by its rule. This probably is one of those quotes that we ought to read and, and reread on a pretty regular basis. Maybe a daily basis. It's pretty close to it. The first paragraph is basically refuting what so many people who claim to be conservative patriots today say. And he's saying, this is in 1802, so this guy might know just a little bit more about the founding than uh, people today claim to. He says, ours is a government of laws, right? And it's a, it's a Christian republic. It's not pagan like Rome. So all the time when you hear people say, oh, it's, we're a, we're a, Secular republic, no, we're not. We're a Christian republic. That's how we were founded. Uh, the second paragraph there is saying, you know, 
how in the world are we going to figure out our obligations without reading the Bible? And so he's saying, so it's got to be considered the high authority, that system laid out in the Bible in our courts and the officers of our government should acknowledge, not only should they be governed by its rule, but they ought to acknowledge that they're governed by its rule. So in our courts, the Bible ought to be the high authority and our officials that we elect ought to be governed by God's commands. 1802, Nathaniel Freeman, physician and judge, might know a little bit about our founding. God bless y'all, your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all soon.